Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're in a series called How to Tame Your Monster. We've been learning some things in this series. Like Lorenzo was saying, it really has been a powerful series. Just through the emails, text messages, all the things on social media, that we're realizing that, that we cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. We're realizing during the series that what comes to your mind often comes out into your life. And so if you're pouring in negativity, worry, or fear, insecurities, out comes those very same actions. And so those monsters that we're talking about are those negative thoughts that we all battle. They're the thoughts of the shadows in our mind that lead us down, our, that feed our insecurities, feed our worries, feed our fears, thoughts that lead us down a dangerous path. But I'm here to encourage you, every single person, we have these thoughts. I'm not special, you're not special, but we deal with these monsters. And so we've been learning how to recognize these monsters in our life, how to reject these monsters in our life. What do we do with these mind monsters? And so we jump into an acronym during this series, and so it's, it's, the acronym spells out FAITH. And FAITH, F stands for Focus on the positive. Raise your hand if you've been focusing on the positive for now three weeks or four weeks now. All right? Don't be negative. Put that hand up, okay? But you've been focusing on the positive. A is affirm yourself. That was week, uh, week three in our series, affirm yourself. Last week, Pastor Lindsay tore it up, and she did imagine God doing something good in your situation. Give it up for Pastor Lindsay. Make sure you check it out on our podcast. On our YouTube channel, we got more subscribers on our YouTube channel. I just love it. But today I'm going to talk about T, which is trust God in all things. Trust God in all things. Come back next week to hear more about hope for the best. Trust God in all things. I trust you're going to like my next story. Is uh, In June, my wife and I, we did a spontaneous vacation. Raise your hand if you've been on vacation already this summer. You did it, all right? Checklist, all right? Raise your hand if you've been on vacation already. Raise your hand. Okay, put the hand down. Raise your hand if you have not been on vacation yet. You have not been on vacation yet, all right? Somebody's going to hug you after service, all right? Like, it's okay. You'll, you will get on that vacation. My wife and I, we did a spontaneous trip to Laguna Beach, and uh, so we were there, we drove, we dropped our kid off at somebody's place, and we said, love you, and, and we drove out to California, and I said, we got to get to the beach, all right, I just want to sit on the beach, soak up the sun, and just get in the water, I just want to be in the beach, so we drive, we get there, it's about, it's after lunch, late afternoon, we check into our hotel room, I'm like, yeah, 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 hurry, and so we get into our room, we put our swimsuits on, and we go out to the beach, and it's like four or five o'clock, so we only got the layout for maybe an hour or two, and then your boy got hungry, all right? So we went and got some dinner. The second day we woke up, and I said, can we go to the beach? And she said, let's hike. It's kind of clouds were kind of in, rolling in. So we went hiking, and what I'm really telling you is we wasted the day, okay? So we went hiking. We went to lunch. I said, can we go on the beach? So finally, we got to go on the beach, and it's just amazing. I lay out. People are like, beach world. I'm like, come on. And so laying out, having a good time. And so that was only half a day. All I really wanted to do was lay out on the beach with a beautiful sun, and I just wanted to soak it all up. And so the third day, my wife said, let's just lay out all day on the beach. I said, praise God. Come on, somebody. And so we woke up, and I mean, you know, the devil's a liar in Laguna in the morning. So that clouds are in. It's all cloudy and cold. And, and I said, come on, let's still go on the beach. Now I want you to know that we went on the beach. The sun never came out on the third day. 
But every single time we're on the beach, anytime my wife steps outside, she, she gets a, the, uh, uh, the sunblock on, right? She has, and she tricks me. She gets SPF like 100 or 1,000. I try to get like 20 or 30, get me a little, you know what I mean, get a little brown. And, and so we go out there, and it's cloudy out. I remember telling my wife, babe, come on. And she's like, Psh, you know. I said, babe, it's okay. There's no sun. And she says, you know better than that. So we put on our sunscreen and laid out all day. But the sun never came out. But how many know everyone around us, by the end of the day, although there was no sun, they were beat red. They were sunburnt. All right? They were done. They should have flipped over days ago. Okay? They were burnt. How many know, although it was cloudy, doesn't mean the sun wasn't there. And when it comes to trusting God, although we can't see him, we still trust that he is with us. And so sometimes, you can clap for that. Sometimes when the clouds roll in, our doubt begins to creep in. We say, God's left me, or I've sinned so terribly that he doesn't even want to be with me or look at me. And how many know that's a lie from the pit of hell, that our God will never leave us nor forsake us. And according to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, be strong and courageous for your Lord God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You know what that is right there? That is a promise from God that he will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, but I've had a lot of people ask me, Pastor, but how do I know? How do I know? How do I know God's word is true? How do I know that the Bible is actually, it, it says what it says? How do I know that that promise is specifically for me? I heard that this week, I, I heard someone say, I don't believe in God. And I heard the answer back to that was, yeah, but that's okay. But God believes in you. And God has a plan for your life. And God is right beside you. And he's walking next to you every step of the way. I have trust in that. And so anytime we talk about trust in God, we got to go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. How many know this verse? All right. The Christians are like, come on, somebody. It's on T-shirts, bumper stickers. It's everywhere. But I want us to jump into Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And this is what it says. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. Everybody say it. You know what that is? Lean not on your mind monster. Lean not on your mind and it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways. I think many of us, we know what the previous verse says, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But we got to keep going on. And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I love the theme in this series that as we begin to control our mind and take every thought captive, God begins to show us the way to go. He begins to direct our path. That if we renew our mind, then we can test and prove God's perfect will for our lives. So if you're here today and you say, I don't know what my next tip, I don't know where to go. I don't know if it's going to be that door or this door. I'm in the fork of the road. God's saying, just renew your mind in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Now here's the thing about acknowledgement, though. What does it mean to acknowledge? Now, uh, men in the house, all right? I'm going to look at some dudes real quick. Here's some men in the house. It's for men, if we, if we see each other, my man Garrett, if we see each other at a grocery store or at the gym, yeah, that sounds about right, come on, and, and we see each other, we don't have to say anything. This is all we got to do. You ready for this? You all catch that, right? We just bonded right there, right? Something just took place, right? In that little knot. What's up? It's like, what's up? I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Talk to you later. We don't need to talk. How many don't talk about dudes? Where the dudes at? Right? Come on, dudes. 
I just acknowledge Garrett. Now, I'm from North Dakota. It's a little bit different, but if you're driving to Vegas and uh, you got your uh, hand 12 o'clock on the steering wheel and you're going down the neighborhood and maybe you see your neighbor going this way on the opposite end of the road, how do you acknowledge that neighbor? You go like this. What up? Right? Like two fingers, right? How many of you do this? Anyone here uh, do that? I'm from North Dakota. North Dakota, we go like this. Oh, hey! Right? We get that. Hand out the window. Hey! We stop. You know, block traffic because ain't nobody coming. Nobody lives there. Okay? That's an acknowledgement. And I believe for so many of us, we think that's all God wants. God, I'm going my way. I'm doing my thing. Oh, one second. Hey, God, what's up? Bless everything I'm doing. And that's incorrect. See, the word acknowledge comes from the original word yada, yada. And yada generally means to know and to recognize is what acknowledge means. To acknowledge means to know and to recognize. So let's put yada back into Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways know God. And he will direct your path. In all your ways, recognize God. That as you take a step in every single thing that we do, I should be able to recognize Jesus all over it. It's called trust. It's called trust. It's called trust. I want to ask you today that what you do, are you acknowledging God? Or are you acknowledging the monster? Are you acknowledging God? Or are you acknowledging the monster? Because then every action that takes place in our life, is it acknowledging God or is it acknowledging the monster? Maybe you have the monster greed in your life. And if we were to look at your life and say, okay, do they have greed in their life? Or are they acknowledging God with their money? Are they tithing? Are they locked in to generosity? Are they giving the feed one or going over and beyond? And God's opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing over their life. It has been said that you cannot outgive God. Or are we just keeping everything to ourselves? Are we just keeping it all to ourselves? Because I don't trust God enough with my money. I'm going to encourage you. Maybe you trust someone or something more than you actually trust God. And this trust, I believe, is one of the hardest things to do. Although I can't see him, I know that he's there. But how do I trust God. And the title of my message today is How to Retrain Your Monster. Because in order to trust, we need to retrain our mind. So write this down today. How do I retrain my monster? I got three points and we're going to close out today. But number one, how do I retrain my mind? Number one, we've got to repeat. We've got to repeat the good habits. I have a dog now, all right? My dog is 10 months old. I'm a dad dog now, all right? Watch out. You can have some dog stories happening here. But we have a little dog, and when we first got her dog last fall, she was not trained. I don't know why they don't come trained, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. But my little dog, he came into the house, and so tried to potty train her, tried to uh, give her uh, little tricks like sitting, sit so she doesn't jump on people or run away. And I would tell my little dog, Chloe, Sit. My dog look at me like, what, what? I get a treat out. Chloe, sit for a treat. My little dog's like, what? What do you want me to do? Talk to me. Give me that treat. Why are you holding that treat in your hand? This is, this is what goes on in my dog dad mind. And so he goes, what, what do you want? I said, Chloe, sit. I would help her sit. And slowly and surely she began to realize when I put my butt 
to the ground, he gives me a treat. That must be what sitting means. How many of you follow with me today? And so I repeat that, sit. She says, boom, here's a tree. Now every time I say sit, now she sits, puts her butt to the ground, even without a tree, because it was repetitious. It's something that we constantly repeated. And so I'm encouraging you today, for some of us in this room, myself included, when I say trust God, we go, what does that mean? How do I do that? With everything, how do I begin that process of trusting God. But the problem is with our mind monsters is whatever is rewarded is repeated. And so many times we repeat our, we, 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 we reward our bad habits with gossip, worry, with fear. It's the outcome that we reward ourselves with. I want to encourage you today that we are creatures of habit. The things we repeat is what we repeat. I can prove it to you. How many wake up and you go to work and you have a full day at work, and when you're done with work, you're just so grateful to clock out and to go home, and when you get in your car, you're degressing, right? You're getting rid of all the work thoughts and all that, and by the time you pull into your driveway, you stop and go, how did I get here? Is that anybody? Right? Like, I don't even remember if I turned left or right, a cactus, buffalo, rainbow. I don't know how I got here. You're an endangerment to society. We love you. But you're a creature of habit. You just jump in the car, next thing you know, you're already there. Why? Because it's something you've been repeating. How many can be honest this morning, that this morning when you woke up to go to a life-giving church called Avenue Church for God's praise and God's glory, you almost drove to work today. Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody? You almost got there to work. Because that's what happens for creatures of habit. My wife knows. She has to tell me like four or five times. She's like, remember, we're stopping at the grocery store and I'm just driving home, right? I'm in auto, autopilot because we're creatures of habit. Have you ever told yourself you're going to do something and you forget? Right? A few years ago, I finally got fed up. I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am fed up. And so I decided I'm going to lose weight. Boom. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go on a diet. Die with a T. Diet. I'm going to go on a diet. I remember later on that night when I was taking a bite out of pepperoni pizza, I realized, I'm on a diet! I once even wrote DT on my hand, just so I wouldn't forget. You're on a diet, diet, diet. I remember I said, I'm on a diet. I'm going to lose weight. It's going to be amazing. I'll look like our, our, our base player over here. It's going to be incredible. I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. And so I remember I was like, I'm on a diet, DT. I'm on a diet. I remember I was at In-N-Out. I got a vanilla shake. I said, taste the Lord. You taste and see the Lord. It's good. And as I put my hand up, I saw the DT right there. And I said, no, I forgot. I want to encourage you today, repeat the good habits. That we are creatures of habit, but we always tend to repeat the negative habits. I'm going to get rid of my mind, monster. We're going to talk about that in this series. Because I want you to know God created your mind to work for you, not against you. He didn't put us here on this earth and say, I'm, gonna, I'm creating a mind. I'm gonna, a mind's going to develop some habits and some poor thinking that's going to torture you for the rest of your life. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that we could take every thought captive. Now, a few weeks ago, I said a, a phrase, and it really just rocked my world seeing the response of this phrase. Two weeks ago, I looked out in Avenue Church at 9, 30, and 11, and I said, Church, you're the thinker of your thoughts. 
And when I said that, I saw the light go on. How many know, sometimes you, it's great to get information, but it's another thing to receive revelation. It begins to change your life. And the reason why so many lights went on, we had some aha moments, said, yeah, you know what? I am the thinker of my thought. It's because no one's ever told us that we could take every thought captive and surrender it to Christ. So I'm going to read that scripture real quick today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says, though we live in the world, we don't wage war. I love that. We don't, we don't do what everyone else does. For the weapons we fight, or of the or weapons we fight, are not weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Therefore, we demolish every argument. Can I get a witness, somebody? We demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That You know what that is? That's a monster right there. Monster, you're going up against what my Bible says, that what God says, and it says we take captive every thought, we make it obedient to Christ. You're the thinker of your thoughts. So if a negative mind comes, you grab it and say, God, I give it to you. I'll walk away from that thought. I am the thinker of my thoughts. So I have a new habit for you today. The new habit I want you to repeat every single day. I want you to write this down, please. Every single day, I want you to take every negative thought captive. Every negative thought. If it has a hint of negativity, I want you to bind it. I want you to give it to God and walk away from it. You have the power to change your thoughts. You have the power to not entertain those thoughts, but also to turn to God's Word, turn to worship, turn to prayer, turn to somebody who can encourage you in your small group or even in growth track on your teams that you serve on at Avenue Church. See, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, author of Switch, the switch on your brain, I love this. She said, it has been found, this is research, this is a scientific study, it has been found that 12 minutes a day of daily focused prayer. So I want you to think about it. 12 minutes a day of prayer over a course of eight weeks, over the course of eight weeks, can change the brain. Physically, change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. How many know, I'm not just talking about positive vibes this morning. I'm talking about the Word of God that changes our minds. So number one, I want us to repeat. I want us to repeat. I want us to repeat. Repeat the good habits. I want you to repeat taking every negative thought captive for Christ. But number two, I want us to remodel. I want us to remodel. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the word renewing there means to remodel. Have you ever bought a house that needed to be remodeled? Anyone ever done that? When my wife and I, we didn't know where our church was going to be. By faith, we trusted God. We moved to Southwest. We purchased a home that we believed that God said this is the home to purchase. And when we purchased it, we had to rehab it. We had to remodel it. 
And when we remodeled the house, I said, okay, here's the plan. You, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. He thinks they're funny. He thinks they're hilarious, all right? Okay, God, this is what's going to take place. And so I told my wife, we're going we're gonna to move in with your in-laws, and only for, what, a couple weeks, right? We'll tear out the stuff out of the house, and professionals will come in and make it all better. Because I mean, you know, professionals are quick. Can I get an amen, right? They're going to be quick. All the flooring, the paint, all the everything, they're going to take care of it. You know, it didn't take weeks. It took one month. It took two months. It took three months to remodel our itty bitty, no, remodel our home. And so many of us, we want God to remodel our mind in one hour. God, remodel my mind because I'm here at Avenue Church. Change it. Make it completely new. God, when I walk out of here, I want a luxury mind. Come on, somebody. And I believe God could do that, but it takes repetition. It takes God's word. It takes time to remodel. We have to create positive habits in our life. I want to encourage you today that we, even, we, we need to remodel some of our theology. Because you will be, number one, you'll be super exhausted if you say, you know what, I'm going to change my behavior before God changes my heart. I'm going to change my actions before I allow God to change my mind. Because the process and the journey, God, I trust you with all my heart. So change my heart. I lean not to my own understanding, but at all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. What is that? It's a process. It's a journey that we're on. We never arrive. I never go, here's the plan for having the next 50 years. God has given me one step at a time. And I'm acknowledging him every single step. Because we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. But if you're a Christian in this place, I want you to encourage you that not every bad thing happens because of the devil. Not every bad thing happens because of the devil, right? I stubbed my toe, dirty devil. Like, no, you didn't look. That's why. Maybe you're here today, and you're saying, my car doesn't work. The devil made my car not work. When's the last time you got oil changed? Like last year, right? Like, no, it's not the devil. It's because you didn't get an oil change. We have to remodel our mind. You might say, Pastor, I can't uh, pay my rent. The dirty devil, he came in and took my money. Really? Can I see your pocketbook, right? Can I go to wellsfargo.com and see where he took your money to? Fortnite coins and 7-Eleven. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good today, this morning. Right? H&M, what's that? Wenzel's Prenzel's Diablo. It's not the devil that took your money. It's by you saying, I'm acknowledging my money by getting stuff and things I want, not what I need. Instead of honoring God, instead of tithing 10%, I've heard it said so many times, I can't afford not, I can't afford to tithe. I'm here to tell you, your pastor, it's not what we want for you, it's what we want for, for uh, it's not what we want from your life, if I said that wrong. It's not what we want from your life, it's what we want for your life. You can't afford not to tithe. We can't afford not to learn about financial stewardship by going to financial peace with Jackie and Steve They're in their small group. Because I believe if God says, if you can be faithful with the little that I've given you, I could trust you to be faithful with more. 
So I'm encouraging you today, don't blame the devil for every little thing, but I want you to find the positive because God really does make everything work together for his praise and his glory. So remodel your mind by reading his word daily. Remodel your mind by praying. Remodel your mind by joining a life-giving small group. Remodel your mind by doing community at Avenue Church. I want you to repeat the good habits. I want you to remodel. But number three, and this is super important, I want you to refrain. Reframe. I want you to reframe. See, in order to retrust, we must reframe. In order to retrust, we must reframe. See, reframing means creating a different way of looking at a situation, a person, a relationship by changing its meaning. I want to encourage you that you can't control what happens to you, but you can control the outcome. You can control the way you frame it. The way you frame it. You can't change the facts, but you could change the frame. So let me put a picture up on the screen behind me. This is for us. When we reframe our mind, isn't this cute? It's kind of like, this is powerful, right? Come on. When we reframe our mind, that means that I get to decide before what I focus on, what I'm framing on. And so for an example, if you say, you know what? Tomorrow's Monday, and I hate my job. See this? I hate my job. Pastor Jeremy, you don't understand. People in my work, they're crazy. They're all crazy. None of them work either. All right? I'm doing all the work. My work, they put food in the company fridge, and they don't even put their name on it. That's messed up, Pastor Jeremy. Everybody might be saying in my workplace, no one there, nobody's a Christian. Nobody speaks the word of God. I hate my job. But if we begin to reframe it, we say, you know what? I can't change the facts, but I can change the frame. I love my job. I'm there for a reason and for a season. Maybe there's somebody at my job that needs to hear the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel if necessary. Use words. What does that mean? I'm a light in a very dark place. That God's going to use me for his praise and his glory. I can't change the facts, but I can change the frame. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, my marriage... Pastor, my marriage is rocky. Come on, God can do work in your marriage. Yeah, but you don't know him. Come on, somebody. I don't like my marriage. I like my spouse, my husband, or my wife. We've been married for just a little bit, or we've been married 10, 20 years. I think we're going to get divorced. I don't know. I don't think there's anything that can fix it. See, you can't change the facts, but what if you decide to change the frame? What if you said, you know what, I'm so glad we're at Avenue Church. I'm so glad that this is the place where I can get connected to other healthy marriages to, to influence my marriage, to get advice, to find community in it. I'm so glad that we could serve together at Avenue Church. I don't know if there's a church like that. I believe for that God's praise and healing over my marriage. We're in a season, but I believe God can heal it, not now, but later, and we're going to stay married. got to change your frame. I'm going to encourage you, for some of us, the biggest enemy is enemy. We say, I, every morning you wake up to this. Every morning you're beating yourself up. Negative. You're cruel. I think we'd be embarrassed if people can hear what we actually think about ourselves. But what if we decided today, maybe we move to frame a little bit. Maybe we begin to change the frame of mindset that we have for ourselves. Do we say, I'm a child of God. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a work in progress. I believe God's going to do a work in my life 
Jeremiah 29, 11, for the plans God has for me, plans to prosper me, plans to give me hope, plans to give me a future in my life. I'm here to encourage you. The facts might not change, but you could change the frame. You could change the frame. You could change the frame. It's not the facts that change, but it's the frame that changes. You know, Paul, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, he is arrested and he's thrown into prison for being a Christian. He's arrested and thrown into prison for being a Christian. And here's what Paul says. He needs to reframe his mind, but this is what Paul says. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. As a result of the hell I've been through, I'm quitting small groups, I'm done serving, I'm never going back to church. That is the new whiner's version. I found it on BibleGateway.com. Can you imagine Paul's group text to his buddies, right? Hashtag, hate my life, the food here is terrible, the guards stink, and they have no sunlight. That's prison, pray for me. Hashtag, pray for Paul. He's facing true persecution, and he is not saying this. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, my dear brothers and sisters, I want you to know that what has happened to me has actually, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Here's Paul. He's chained to a guard every eight hours. He's in the pit of the prison. No sudden night. He's uncomfortable. And here's what his response is that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's becoming clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else who is in chains that I am in chains for Christ. What's Paul doing? He's reframing his mind. He is reframing his mind. Paul's saying the joke's on them because I'm shackled next to another guard. He's going to hear a message about the Bible, about God's grace and mercy, that though I may be in chains, I'm set free in Christ Jesus. I now know God. I've found freedom. I've discovered my purpose. Now I'm making a difference. What has happened? Paul says, I'm not the prisoner. You're the prisoner. What's happened? He's reframed his mind. And there's going to be powerful moments in your life. I believe by the grace of God, the power of God, though it's a journey, your life will be radically changed if you reframe. If you reframe. Find the positive in every single thing. Paul says in verse 14, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You know what happens when you conquer your monsters? It begins to help others conquer their monster. I'm a monster of fear, but if Paul can do it, I can do it. I'm going to reframe my mind to let people know I am saved. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. That there is power when we begin to reframe our minds. So here's what I want you to do after today. I want you to identify the lie. I want you to do, find the truth. Identify the lie, but find the truth. Because every single person in this place, you, you know the lie that's been attacking you. You know the lie that the enemy's trying to hit you with. You know the lie that you've deemed it as facts and God's saying, let's reframe. I want you to identify the lie and I want you to find the truth. Maybe here today, maybe the lie for your life is worry and anxiety, fear. 
I'm encouraging you what the truth says because of Christ. I'm not anxious about everything. Because of Christ, I cast my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Because of Jesus, I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. That's the truth, a biblical truth found in God's word. Maybe a lie for you is, I don't know God's will. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I have purpose or hope. You know what God's word says is that my life belongs to God. Come on, pastor. Daily I seek him, and daily he directs my steps. I, know, I don't know where I'm going, but I know who's taking me. Come on, somebody. And he says, I know his voice, and he leads me to his perfect will. Maybe, you're, maybe you lack confidence in this room. Maybe the lie is insecurity, and the truth is my confidence is in Christ, in Christ alone, because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything that he has called me to do. Maybe you're in this room and you struggle with purity. There's a lie that says you can never be pure, but the truth says that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus because of the grace I can resist every temptation because my God is, is faithful and just. He always provides a way out. I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. And once you find the truth, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it down. I want you to write down the truth. I want you to write it. I want you to think it. Then I want you to confess it until you believe it. Write it. I want you to think it. I want you to confess it until you believe it. And you'll be surprised that what you actually think is often confessed. I am terrible. I am blank. It's because you're thinking it. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I'm going to encourage you today. Begin to identify the lie. Begin to find the truth. And I want you to write it. I want you to think it. I want you to confess it. Maybe for you a truth today would be that I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. I love that song our worship team did. My past is over. It's gone. I'm moving on down. I'm moving on. And so maybe for you, you need to write down, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm going to think it in my car, in the bathroom, or at work. I'm going to think I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone. The new has come. Now I want you to confess it out loud. Hey, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Uh, the old has gone, and the new has come. And I want you to do it. Until you believe it. And when you believe it, faith begins to rise up. Mindsets begin to change. And God begins to be glorified. Because now you are trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But you're acknowledging him in all your ways. And you will always direct your path. So here's what I want us to do today. I'm going to give you some decorations. And this way we've been ending a lot of our Tame Your Monster messages. I'm going to read a decoration. We're going to have it on the screen. Worship team's going to help me because here's something powerful is that when we proclaim something, the Spirit of God goes, yes. The Spirit of God goes, that's exactly who you are. Yes. And if you can relate to something on a decoration, if that's something you need to be set free from, or if that's something you say, I need to write that down. I need that in my life. I want you to stand up when you hear that decoration. And I want you to give God all you got. It's summertime at Avenue Church. But we're going to watch the Holy Spirit change us from the inside out by simply changing our frame. So go ahead, uh, production team, I want you to write this down. Oh, 
first declaration. You guys ready? You are strong and mighty that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. You're a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. Come on, clap. That's a good one. Come on, you are strong and mighty. Next one. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. God says you are free. Come on, clap. Give God a shout for that one. Here's the next one. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. Come on, this is going to set somebody free today. You are not a hostage. You will live from victory. The weapons you fight are not weapons of the world, but you have divine power. Next one. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the Word of God directing your steps. Next one. I love this one. This one fires me up. You demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. This next slide is going to set somebody free today. Worry is not your master. Worry is not your master. I trust in God because his peace guards my heart, my mind, and my soul in Christ Jesus. I'm going to take my time on this because come on. Here's the next slide. It says, your God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear, I'm going to punch you in the throat today because I am a child of God. Fear is not giving, God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not a slave to fear. Fear is a slave to me. Come on, somebody. Here's the next one. You're not a slave to your habits. That's going to set somebody free today. You are not a slave to your addictions. You are not a slave to your path. You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner of addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and been brought into the kingdom of God's light. The gospel doesn't make bad people good. The gospel takes people in the dark and brings them into the light. You're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Here's the next one. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us, nor death, nor demons, nor prison, nor past, no power on earth will ever separate you. Go back to that one slide that I missed. You are called. You are chosen. You are empowered. You are a masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus. If you receive those decorations, I want you to raise your hands, begin to worship, begin to repeat it over and over and over and over. God, thank you that I am called. Thank you. I am redeemed. Thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now I want you to put that last slide up. And this just hit hard for somebody here today, but nothing can separate you from God. Nothing can separate you from God's love, nor death nor demons, nor the present, nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you walked in this place, you felt like God has left you, you felt like God's forsaken you, 
you feel all alone, no hope, and no purpose. And this is an excellent reminder of the grace of God, how much God loves you, that nothing can separate you from God's love. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's right beside you, and he loves you. And if you're here today and you say, I need Jesus back into my heart. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want you to raise a hand. Put it right back down. Just raise a hand. Yes. Anyone else? Put it right back down. Yes. Raise a hand. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Up and right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Up and right back down. We're going to pray a prayer. And it's going to be a powerful prayer. But it's a prayer that's going to change our life for Jesus Christ. Every head out of our clothes. Everyone say this prayer out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I'll receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, today, I give you my life. Say, I give you everything. Say, I now know who I am. Shout out, say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, shout. Somebody give their life to Jesus today. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.